Section two of the Aeneid. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Bob Neufeld. The Aeneid by Virgil. Translated by J. W. McHale. Chapter one. The coming of Aeneas to Carthage. Part two. But good Aeneas, night-long revolving many and many a thing, issues forth, so soon as bountiful light is given, to explore the strange country. To what coasts the wind has borne him, who are their inhabitants, men or wild beasts, for all he sees is wilderness. This he resolves to search, and bring back the certainty to his comrades. The fleet he hides close to embosoming groves beneath a caverned rock, amid shivering shadow of the woodland himself achates alone following he strides forward clenching in his hand two broad-headed spears and amid the forest his mother crossed his way wearing the face and raiment of a maiden or like the harpalice of thrace when she tires her coursers and outstrips the winged speed of hebrus in her flight for huntress fashion had she slung the ready bow from her shoulder and left her blown tresses free bared her knee and knotted together her garment's flowing folds. "'Ah, my men,' she begins, "'show me, if haply you have seen a sister of mine straying here, girt with quiver and a lynx's dappled fell, or pressing with shouts on the track of a foaming boar.' Thus Venus, and Venus's son answering, thus began, "'Sound nor sight have I had of sister of thine, no maiden unnamed, for thy face is not mortal, nor thy voice of human tone. O oh, goddess, assuredly, sister of Phoebus, perchance, or one of the nymph's blood! Be thou gracious, whoso thou art, enlighten this toil of ours. Deign to instruct us beneath what skies, on what coast of the world we are thrown. Driven hither by wind and desolate waves, we wander in a strange land among unknown men many a sacrifice shall fall by our hand before thine altars then venus nay to no such offerings do i aspire tyrian maidens are wont ever to wear the quiver to tie the purple buskin high above their ankle punic is the realm thou seest tyrian the people and the city of agenor's kin but their borders are libyan a race unassailable in war Dido sways the sceptre, who flying her brother set sail from the Tyrian town. Long is the tale of crime, long and intricate, but I will briefly follow its argument. Her husband is Sychaeus, wealthiest in lands of the Phoenicians, and loved of her with ill-fated passion, to whom with virgin rites her father had given her maidenhood in wedlock. But the kingdom of Tyre was in her brother Pygmalion's hands, a monster of guilt unparalleled. Between these madness came, the unnatural brother, blind with lust of gold and reckless of his sister's love, lies Sychaeus low before the altars with stealthy unsuspected weapon, and for long he hid the deed, and by many a crafty pretense cheated her lovesickness with hollow hope but in slumber came the very ghost of her unburied husband lifting up a face pale in wonderful wise he exposed the merciless altars and his breast stabbed through with steel and unwove all the blind web of household guilt 
then he counsels hasty flight out of the country and to aid her passage disclose treasures long hidden underground an untold mass of silver and gold stirred thereby dido gathered a company for flight all assemble in whom hate of the tyrant was relentless or fear keen they seize on ships that chance to lie ready and load them with the gold pygmalion's hoarded wealth is borne overseas a woman leads the work they came at last to the land where they wilt descry a city now great new carthage and her rising citadel and bought ground called thence birsa as much as a bull's hide could encircle but who i pray are you and from what coasts come or whither hold you your way at her question he sighing and drawing speech deep from his breast thus replied ah goddess should i go on retracing from the fountain-head were time free to hear the history of our woes sooner would the evening star lay day asleep in the closed gates of heaven us as from ancient troy if the name of troy hath haply passed through your ears we sailed over alien seas the tempest at his own wild will hath driven on the libyan coast i am aeneas the good who carry in my fleet the household gods i rescued from the enemy my fame is known high in heaven i seek italy my country my kin of jove's supreme blood with twenty sail did i climb the phrygian sea oracular tokens led me on my goddess mother pointed the way scarce seven survived the shattering of wave and mind myself unknown destitute driven from europe and asia i wander over the libyan wilderness but staying longer complaint venus thus broke in on his half-told sorrows whoso thou art not hated i think of the immortals dost thou draw the breath of life who hast reached the tyrian city only go on and betake thee hence to the courts of the queen for i declare to thee thy comrades are restored thy fleet driven back into safety by the shifted northern gales except my parents were pretenders and unavailing the augury they taught me behold these twelve swans in joyous line whom stooping from the tract of heaven the bird of jove fluttered over the open sky now in long train they seem either to take the ground or already to look down on the ground they took as they again disport with clapping wings and utter their notes as they circle the sky in company even so do these ships and crews of thine either lie fast in harbour or glide under full sail into the harbour mouth only go on and turn thy steps where the pathway leads thee speaking she turned away and her neck shone roseate her immortal tresses breathed the fragrance of deity her raiment fell flowing down to her feet and the godhead was manifest in her tread he knew her for his mother and with this cry pursued her flight thou also merciless why mockest thou thy son so often in feign likeness why is it forbidden to clasp hand in hand to hear and utter true speech thus reproaching her he bends his steps toward the city but venus girt them in their going with dull mist and shed round them a deep divine clothing of cloud that none might see them 
none touched them or worked delay or ask wherefore they came herself she speeds through the sky to paphos and joyfully revisits her habitation where the temple and its hundred altars steam with sabaean incense and are fresh with fragrance of chaplets in her worship they meantime have hasted along where the pathway points and now were climbing the hill which hangs enormous over the city and looks down on its facing towers aeneas marvels at the massive building pastoral huts once of old marvels at the gateways and clatter of the pavements the tyrians are hot at work to trace the walls to rear the citadel and roll up great stones by hand or to choose a spot for their dwelling and enclose it with a furrow they ordain justice and magistrates and the august senate here some are digging harbors here others lay the deep foundations of their theatre and hew out of the cliff vast columns the lofty ornaments of the stage to be even as bees when summer is fresh over the flowery country ply their task beneath the sun when they lead forth their nation's grown brood or when they press the liquid honey and strain their cells with nectarous sweets or relieve the loaded incomers or in banded array drive the idle herd of drones far from their folds they swarm over their work and the odorous honey smells sweet of time happy they whose city already rises cries aeneas looking on the town roofs below girt in the cloud he passes amid them wonderful to tell and mingling with the throng is descried of none in the heart of the town was a grove deep with luxuriant shade wherein first the phoenicians buffeted by wave and whirlwind dug up the token queen juno had appointed the head of a war-horse thereby was their race to be through all ages illustrious in war and opulent in living here to juno was sidonian dido founding a vast temple rich with offerings and the sanctity of her godhead brazen steps rose on the threshold brass clamped the pilasters doors of brass swung on grating hinges first in this grove did a strange chance meet his steps and allay his fears first here did aeneas dare to hope for safety and have fairer trust in his shattered fortunes for while he closely scans the temple that towers above him while awaiting the queen he admires the fortunate city the emulous hands and elaborate work of her craftsmen he sees ranged in order the battles of ilium that war whose fame was already rumoured through all the world the sons of atreus and priam and achilles whom both found pitiless he stopped and cried weeping what land is left achates what tract on earth that is not full of our agony behold priam here too is the meed of honour here mortal estate touches the soul to tears dismiss thy fears the fame of this will somehow bring thee salvation so speaks he and fills his soul with the painted show sighing often the while and his face wet with the full river of tears for he saw how warring round the trojan citadel here the greeks fled the men of troy hard on their rear here the phrygians plumed achilles in his chariot pressing their flight not far away he knows the snowy canvas of rhesus tents which betrayed in their first sleep the blood-stained son of tydeus laid desolate in heaped slaughter and turns the ruddy steeds away to the camp ere ever they tasted trojan fodder 
a drink of Xanthus. Elsewhere Troilus, his armor flung away in flight, luckless boy, no match for Achilles to meet, is borne alone by his horses, and thrown back entangled with his empty chariot, still clutching the reins. His neck and hair are dragged over the ground, and his reversed spear scores the dust. Meanwhile the Ilian women went with disordered tresses to unfriendly Pallas's temple, and bore the votive garment, sadly beating breast with palm. The goddess, turning away, held her eyes fast on the ground. Thrice had Achilles whirled Hector round the walls of Troy, and was selling the lifeless body for gold. Then at last he heaves a loud and heart-deep groan, as the spoils, as his chariot, as the dear body met his gaze, and Priam outstretched unarmed hands. Himself, too, he knew joining battle with the foremost Achaeans, knew the eastern ranks and swart Memnon's armor. Penthesilea leads her crescent-shielded Amazonian columns in furious heat with thousands around her, clasping a golden belt under her naked breast. The warrior maiden clashes boldly with men. While these marvels meet Dardanian Aeneas's eyes, while he dizzily hangs wrapped in one long gaze, Dido the queen entered the precinct, beautiful exceedingly, a youthful train thronging round her. Even as on Eurotus' banks or along the Cynthian ridges Diana wheels the dance, while behind her a thousand mountain nymphs crowd to left and right. She carries quiver on shoulder, and as she moves outshines them all in deity. Latona's heart is thrilled with silent joy. Such was Dido, so she joyously advanced amid the throng, urging on the business of her rising empire. Then, in the gates of the goddess, beneath the central vault of the temple roof, she took her seat girt with arms and high enthroned. And now she gave justice and laws to her people, and adjusted or allotted their task-work in due proportion. When suddenly Aeneas sees advancing with a great crowd about them Antheus and Sagestus and brave Cloanthus, and other of his Trojans, whom the black squall had sundered at sea and borne far away on the coast. Dizzy with the shock of joy and fear, he and Achates together were on fire, with eagerness to clasp their hands. But in confused uncertainty they keep hidden, and clothed in sheltered cloud wait to espy what fortune befalls them, where they are leaving their fleet ashore, why they are now come. For they advanced, chosen men from all the ships, praying for grace, and held on with loud cries towards the temple. After they entered in, and free speech was granted, aged Ilioneus, with placid mien, thus began. Queen, to whom Jupiter hath given to found this new city, and lay the yoke of justice upon haughty tribes, we beseech thee, we wretched Trojans storm-driven over all the seas, stay the dreadful flames from our ships spare a guiltless race and bend a gracious reward on our fortunes we are not come to deal slaughter through libyan homes or to drive plundered spoils to the coast such violence sits not in our mind nor is a conquered people so insolent there is a place greeks name hesperia an ancient land mighty in arms and foison of the clod Anatrian men dwelt therein 
now rumour is that a younger race from their captain's name have called it italy thither lay our course when orion rising on us through the cloud-rack with sudden surf bore us on blind shoals and scattered us afar with his boisterous gales and whelming brine over waves and trackless reefs to these your coasts we a scanty remnant floated up what race of men what land how barbarous soever allows such a custom for its own we are debarred the shelter of the beach they rise in war and forbid us to set foot on the brink of their land if you slight human kinship and mortal arms yet look for gods unforgetful of innocence and guilt aeneas was our king foremost of men in righteousness incomparable in goodness as in warlike arms whom if fate still preserves if he draws the breath of heaven and lies not yet low in dispiteous gloom fear we have none nor mayest thou repent of challenging the contest of service in sicilian territory too is tilth and town and famed acestes himself of trojan blood grant us to draw ashore our storm-shattered fleet to shake forest trees into beams and strip them for oars so if to italy we may stare with our king and comrades found italy and latium shall we gladly seek but if salvation is clean gone if the libyan gulf holds thee dear lord of thy trojans and ilius our hope survives no more seek we then at least the straits of sicily the open homes whence we sail hither and acestes for our king thus ilionus and all the dardanian company murmured assent then dido with downcast face briefly speaks cheer your anxious hearts o teucrians put by your care hard fortune in a strange realm forces me to this task to keep watch and ward on my wide frontiers who can be ignorant of the race of aeneas's people who of troy town and her men and deeds or of the great wars consuming fire not so dull are the hearts of our punic wearing not so far doth the sun yoke his steeds from our tyrian town whether your choice be broad hesperia the fields of saturn's dominion or eryx for your country and acestes for your king my escort shall speed you in safety my arsenal supply your need or will you ever find rest here with me and share my kingdom the city i establish is yours draw your ships ashore trojan and tyrian shall be held by me in even balance and would that he your king that aeneas were here storm-driven to this same haven but i will send messengers along the coast and bid them trace libya to its limits if haply he strays shipwrecked in forest or town stirred by these words brave achates and lord aeneas both ere now burn to break through the cloud achates first accosts aeneas goddess-born what purpose now rises in thy spirit thou seest all is safe our fleet and comrades are restored one only is wanting whom our eyes saw whelmed amid the waves all else is answerable to thy mother's words scarce had he spoken when the encircling cloud suddenly parts and melts into clear air 
Aeneas stood discovered in sheen of brilliant light, like a god in face and shoulders, for his mother's self had shed on her son the grace of clustered locks, the radiant light of youth, and the lustre of joyous eyes. As when ivory takes beauty under the artist's hand, or when silver or parian stone is inlaid in gold. Then, breaking in on all with unexpected speech, he thus addresses the queen. I, whom you seek, am here before you, Aeneas of Troy, snatched from the Libyan waves. O oh, thou who alone hast pitied Troy's untold agonies, thou who with us, the remnant of the Grecian foe, worn out ere now by every suffering land and sea can bring, with us in our utter want dost share thy city and home. To render meet recompense is not possible for us, O Dido, nor for all who scattered over the wide world are left of our Dardanian race. The gods grant thee worthy reward, if their deity turn any regard on goodness, if aught avails justice and conscious purity of soul. What happy ages bore thee, what mighty parents gave thy virtue birth! While rivers run into the sea, while the mountain shadows move across thy slopes, while the stars have pasturage in heaven, ever shall thine honour, thy name and praises endure in the unknown lands that summon me. With these words he advances his right hand to dear Ilioneus, his left to Serestus, and then to the rest, brave Gaius and brave Cloanthus. Dido the Sidonian stood astonished, first at the sight of him, then at his strange fortunes, and these words left her lips. What fate follows thee, goddess-born, through perilous ways? What violence lands thee on this monstrous coast? Art thou that Aeneas whom Venus the Bountiful bore to Dardanian Anchises by the wave of Phrygian Simois? And well I remember how Tercer came to Sidon, when exiled from his native land he sought Bailus' aid to gain new realms. Bailus, my father, even then ravaged rich Cyprus, and held it upon his conquering sway. From that time forth have I known the fall of the Trojan city, known thy name, and the Pelasgian princes. Their very foe would extol the Teucrians with highest praises, and boasted himself a branch of the ancient Teucrian stem. Come, therefore, O men, and enter our house. Me, too, hath a like fortune driven through many a woe, and willed at last to find my rest in this land. Not ignorant of ill do I learn to succour the afflicted. With such speech she leads Aeneas into the royal house, and orders sacrifice in the gods' temples. Therewith she sends her company on the shore twenty bulls, and hundred great bristly-backed swine, and hundred fat lambs, and their mothers with them, gifts of the day's gladness. But the palace within is decked with splendour of royal state, and a banquet made ready amid the halls. The coverings are curiously wrought in splendid purple. On the tables is massy silver and deeds of ancestral valour graven in gold, all the long course of history drawn through many a heroic name from the nation's primal antiquity. Aeneas, for a father's affection denied his spirit rest, sends Achates speeding to his ships to carry this news to Ascanius and lead them to the town. In Ascanius is fixed all the parents' loving care, 
presents likewise he bids them bring save from the wreck of ilium a mantle stiff with gold embroidery and a veil with woven border of yellow acanthus flower that once decked helen of argos the marvel of her mother leda's giving helen had borne them from mycenae when she sought troy towers and a lawless bridal the sceptre too that ilione priam's eldest daughter once had worn a beaded necklace and a double circlet of jewelled gold atreides hasting on his message bent his way towards the ships but in the cytherian's breast new arts new schemes revolve if cupid changed in form and feature may come in sweet Acanis's room and his gifts kindle the queen to madness and set her inmost sense aflame verily she fears the uncertain house the double-tongued race of tyre cruel juno frets her and at nightfall her care floods back therefore to winged love she speaks these words son who art alone my strength and sovereignty son who scornest the mighty father's typhoian shafts to thee i fly for succour and sue humbly to thy deity how aeneas thy brother is driven about all the sea-coasts by bitter juno's malignity this thou knowest and hast often grieved in our grief now dido the phoenician holds him stayed with soft words and i tremble to think how the welcome of juno's house may issue she will not be idle in this supreme turn of fortune wherefore i counsel to prevent her wiles and circle the queen with flame that unalterable by any deity she may be held fast to me by passionate love for aeneas take now my thought how to do this the boy prince my chiefest care makes ready at his dear father's summons to go to the sidonian city carrying gifts that survive the sea and the flames of troy him will i hide deep asleep in my holy habitation high on cythera's hills or in idolium that he may not know nor cross our wiles do thou but for one night feign his form and boy as thou art put on the familiar face of a boy so when in festal cheer amid royal dainties and bacchic juice Didal shall take thee to her lap shall fold thee in her clasp and kiss thee close and sweet thou mayest imbreathe a hidden fire an unsuspected poison love obeys his dear mother's words lays by his wings and walks rejoicingly with aeolus tread but venus pours gentle dew of slumber on ascanius's limbs and lifts him lulled in her lap to the tall idalian groves of her deity whose soft americus folds him round with the shadowed sweetness of his odorous blossoms and now obedient to her words cupid went merrily to achates guiding with the royal gifts of the tyrians already at his coming the queen hath sat her down in the midmost on her golden throne under the splendid tapestries now lord aeneas now too the men of troy gather and all recline on the strewn purple servants pour water on their hands serve corn from baskets and bring napkins with close-cut pile fifty handmaids are within whose task is in their course to keep unfailing store and kindle the household fire and a hundred others and as many pages all of like age load the board with food and array the wine-cups 
there withal the tyrians gathered full in the wide feasting chamber and take their appointed places on the broidered cushions they marvel at aeneas's gifts marvel at Iolus, at the god's face of flame and forged speech at the mantle and veil wrought with yellow acanthus flower above all the hapless phoenician victim to coming doom cannot satiate her soul but stirred alike by the boy and the gifts she gazes and takes fire he when hanging clasped on aeneas's neck he had satisfied all the deluded patient's love makes his way to the queen the queen clings to him with her eyes and all her soul and ever and anon fondles him in her lap ah poor dido witless how mighty a deity sinks into her breast but he mindful of his mother the acadalian begins touch by touch to efface sychaeus and sows the surprise of a living love in the long since unstirred spirit and disaccustomed heart soon as the noise of banquet ceased and the board was cleared they set down great bowls and enwreathed the wine the house is filled with hum of voices eddying through the spacious chambers lit lamps hang down by golden chainwork and flaming tapers expel the night now the queen called for the heavy cup of jewelled gold and filled it with pure wine therewith was the use of balus and all the balus's race then the hall was silenced jupiter she cries for thou art reputed lawgiver of hospitality grant that this be a joyful day to the tyrians and the voyages from troy a day to live in our children's memory bacchus the giver of gladness be with us and juno the bountiful and you o tyrians be favourable to our assembly she spoke and poured liquid libation on the board which done she first herself touched it lightly with her lips then handed to Bitius, and bade him speed he valiantly drained the foaming cup and floated him with the brimming gold the other princes followed long-haired iopus on his gilded lyre fills the chamber with songs ancient atlas taught he sings of the wandering moon and the sun's travails whence is the human race and the brute whence fire and water of arcturus the rainy hyades and the twin oxen why wintry suns make such haste to dip in ocean and what delay makes the nights drag lingeringly tyrians and trojans after them redouble applause therewithal dido wore the night in changing talk alas and drank long draughts of love asking many a thing of priam many a thing of hector now in what armour the son of the morning came now of what fashion were diomedes horses now of mighty achilles nay come she cries tell to us o guest from their first beginning the treachery of the grecians thy people's woes and thine own wanderings for this is now the seventh summer that bears thee a wanderer over all the earth and sea End of section two.